0: My purpose in being here today is to do a chapel devotion. We've called it a devotion because it's going to be shorter than what a normal sermon would be, and I have to confess to you, I'm not ready to continue the sermon series on the stories of Jesus because last week I had a few things going on and did not get prep time uh, to get that ready. So we're doing a flashback. A few years ago, we did a sermon series on Proverbs that was called The Way of Wisdom, So today I want us to look at Proverbs and we're gonna look at chapter one. We're gonna look at verses one through seven. Uh, If you weren't here for that way of wisdom, this is a great text and hopefully we'll be able to to show you some neat things in it. So I want you to open up your Bibles, your apps, your iPad, whatever it is that you have the text on because we're just gonna dig into the text for a few minutes here and see what the text has to say to us in Proverbs chapter one. Before we do that, I do wanna pray. Also want to make sure that we remember Afghanistan and what's going on uh, around the world and then also in our nation, those uh, who are in the path of the hurricane that came through. Uh, We have several uh, Christian colleges and friends and others down that way that are going to be affected. We probably have some students and student families that are going to be affected by that, so we want to make sure we remember that in prayer, as well as all of those cases of COVID, uh, praying for a good, full, quick recovery. So let me go to the Lord and pray for us. Dear Lord, I do pray that you would help us during this time of devotion. I pray that you'd help my words to be attached to your word. Uh, Lord, that it would just be clear what your word is saying to us, that your spirit would help me to communicate clearly, that you would help us to look at your text and to be encouraged this morning. Lord, I pray that you would be with those uh, internationally dealing with the situation in Afghanistan. Lord, I pray for the church there. I pray for your witnesses there. I pray that you would grant them peace and protection and Lord, I pray your will would be done. I don't know what that is, but Lord, we trust you. You are a good God. We know that you are sovereign. We know that you are in control. And so we put that in your hands, even as we pray to bear the burdens of our brothers and sisters there. Lord, I pray for those in the path of the hurricane that just came through and those that will be in its path as it continues to to move through our country. I pray that you would be with those that are rebuilding, that you would be with the church as they are helping, that you would be with the gospel going forward in those areas, that you would be with our sister Christian colleges and seminaries in that region, that you would help them to not have sustained significant damage and that you would help us to be able to come alongside. Lord, I pray for families of students uh, here at Cedarville even or relatives that may be in the, the storm's path that you would, Lord, grant them mercy, that you would protect them. Lord, I pray that you would be with all of the students, faculty, staff, and others across our country who may have COVID right now. Lord, I, I pray especially for our Cedarville family that you would help it not to be too severe, that you would help them to recover quickly, that you would help them to recover fully. Lord, that you would grant us wisdom from above as we seek to do what's right and a balanced and measured approach to glorify you and to serve you well and to serve our community well. So we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, Proverbs, Bible's open. Get them out. Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to walk through. So, if you're taking notes, which you may or may not be doing, uh, you're accustomed to me giving you the main idea. So, the main idea of this particular text is going to be to know wisdom. So, as you look at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, verse 2 right there gives it to us. It starts out straightforward to know wisdom. Proverbs is a book about wisdom. It's a book written by Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived, but more importantly for us, it is a book that was written by the Holy Spirit, moving through men, inspired in such a way that the words of the text that we have are God-breathed. So we trust these words as Proverbs. It's a type of literature, so we have to think about the type of literature, the genre that we're looking at, but these are God's words to us. This is God's wisdom to us, And so the main idea of our text this morning is to know wisdom. And we're gonna see that again in some other ways. Our goal, and I'll leave this up on the screen for a minute to give you a chance to to copy this down, but our goal is to cultivate wisdom. So you think about the word cultivate, you wanna wanna grow it. Uh, We think about the gardens here in the Midwest. We think about the, the corn and the soybeans. It's what we see the most. You want rain, you want seeds that are planted, you want fields that are plowed, you want the harvest to come fruitfully. That doesn't happen by accident. These farmers work really hard, so we cultivate our own hearts as the soil, which we'll talk about when we get back to the parables and listening to the stories of Jesus. We wanna cultivate wisdom. So we'll talk a little bit about how to do that today so that we can then skillfully, uh, with understanding of what's going on around us, display God's character because we always wanna be more like Christ in the decisions of daily life. So I wanna be so gospel-filled and so Bible-centered and so uh, well-versed in scripture and my thoughts and my meditation that even when I'm making decisions that may seem casual or flippant, those decisions are just so baked in scripture that in my life, my daily decisions display the wisdom of God and his character as I walk forward in, in life. So this is the main goal not just of this passage, but even of of all of Proverbs, is that we would cultivate wisdom skillfully, displaying God's character in the decisions of daily life. So let's read our text. Let's look at what our text says here to us. I've got a couple things highlighted for you in this text that we'll look at, and then we'll, we'll look at some other items as well. So on this, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. I've got verse two bolded because that gives you the intent of this particular section, to know wisdom, and instruction, to understand words of insight, to restre- receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple. I've got that highlighted because you see four different types of listeners in this text, just in these seven verses. I'm gonna ask you the question, which type listener are you? We'll walk through it and look a little bit at each one of the listeners, but to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And then here's verse seven. This may be the key verse of all the Proverbs. It's mentioned multiple times. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools, our fourth category, despise wisdom and instruction. All right, I'll move the slide so to wipe away the bolding and we'll just start walking through this text and we'll start looking at this particular text to see what it says to us. We begin by understanding this as a proverb of Solomon. And so we see that right at the top, son of David, king of Israel. Uh, One of the things I want you to note is how many infinitives we see in here. And so we can see to know, wisdom and instruction, to understand, another infinitive, to receive, and then there's a change on this infinitive aspect. And so he changes from using the infinitives to righteousness, justice, and equity. We'll come back to that as we talk about it. Uh, then he moves to to give. And so here to know, to receive, to give, to understand, we see all of these infinitives that are marching through this first part, portion of the text. So let me clear those, let me clear those highlights, and let me say that the first portion to know wisdom and instruction. We also see a connection here in that all the way down to the bottom. Look at verse seven. And we see knowledge. And then we see wisdom and instruction. So we see the same three words in different forms. So verse two is to know. Verse 7 tells us the beginning of knowledge. So we're gonna we're gonna look at the main idea of to know wisdom and instruction. How do we do that? Well, To give away the end, it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of it. So it's going to take a lifelong journey to understand this knowledge and this wisdom and this instruction, but the first place to start, the beginning of that understanding is with the fear of the Lord. And so we see to know wisdom and instruction, and then we see another infinitive, to understand words of insight. So this portion is going to give us our main idea of what we're after. You see it highlighted here. Okay, so after we highlight that portion, we move down to receive. Now I wanna take a moment and I just wanna stop right here at to receive. What are we gonna receive? You're gonna see wisdom and you're gonna see wise all throughout. What does wisdom mean in this particular text? Wisdom here means skillful living. This word wise also is used for skill in other locations. The, The tabernacle craftsman, they are skillful in what they do. They are wise in what they do. Uh, a seasoned mariner, as he's guiding a ship, is understanding of all the different aspects of what he is to do. We see that in Psalm 107:27. Administrative skill, we see in 1 Kings 3:28. Skills in war. We see this word in Isaiah 10:13 wise advice of a counselor in 2 Samuel 20, verse 22. So when you see this word wisdom that you're supposed to receive, the instruction, and the wisdom, it's skillful living. The, the word instruction that we see here as well is the moral training that includes concepts of discipline, chastening, or admonishing. We are to understand. We know what understanding means. It's to grasp a truth with insight so that we understand with discernment what's happening. So if we are gonna have the ability to know wisdom, instruction, and to understand, then we have to recognize the fact that there is a truth and we can know it. Scripture gives us truth, it's God's revelation to us, so we can know wisdom, we can know instruction, we can understand and have insight, but in order to do that, we have to be willing to receive it. So again, I wanna circle the receive aspect there. When you talk about receiving it, it means that you have ears to hear. We'll get back to that in the stories of Jesus when we pick up that series next week. Uh, Next Tuesday, I believe it will be. But are you willing to receive? So sometimes if you're a a parent and you have children, you'll talk to a son or a daughter and you will tell them, this is how we're supposed to do things. And sometimes the, the child will look back at you and say, no, 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 I'm doing it my way. I already know how to do this. That's a person that refuses to receive instruction. Sometimes as a teacher, when you walk into a class and you're telling a student various things, various information, you're trying to teach them, the student thinks they already have it all figured out. Sometimes in a sport, when you're a coach and you're trying to tell somebody a technique that may work, whether that's in basketball or soccer or baseball or pick your sport, here's how you do this. You're giving them instruction and wisdom and insight. Sometimes the athlete will say, no, no, I don't do it that way, I do it this way. They're refusing to hear because they think they already know. That's gonna come back in verse seven because fools despise wisdom and instruction. They despise the instruction. So for all of us, we are foolish when we despise instruction, but here in verse three, it's to receive instruction. So let me say to myself and to all of you, Let us throughout our lives maintain a proper humility that allows us to be instructed all the days of our lives through the word of God, through those who may be wiser or have something to say to us, as the spirit speaks to us, as the spirit convicts us. None of us should ever be above hearing. To you as a student, I would say to you to make the most of your Cedarville experience, you need to maintain a humility that receives instruction. You need to be willing to listen to others and then to take what you have heard and to put it into practice into your life. And so let's be those who are willing to receive instruction in wise dealing. Now we transition when we look at in righteousness and in justice and equity from the the infinitives of to know, to receive, to understand, and then in verse four to give into just three words here, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So what are we gonna get wise dealings in? We should be righteous, we should be just, and we should have equality as we do these things, equity. So we should pursue these things. We see these mentioning throughout Scripture. Uh, They're mentioned in other locations as well. And so this is not just a trio that appears here. It's gonna appear again. Chapter two, verse nine is also found in the Psalms. And so you'll see it over and over. Now let's move to verse four. When you look at verse four, we see one of our categories of people. Uh, First category of people is to the simple. Now, To the simple, uh, not necessarily an insult because maybe they just haven't learned yet, but what this word simple means here is that you are are gullible, uh, you are easily deceived, and so what needs to happen is that somebody needs to give prudence to you. So we talked about receiving, which is the student's role in this, Now we see to give. Well, when we think about our context, to give would be the teacher's role. It's what the Word of God does to us. It's what God has done to us through His Holy Spirit, speaking through men inspired, is to give us these things so that if we are willing to hear them and apply them to our lives, you don't have to stay a simple person, you don't have to stay a youth. But if you're a simple person or a youth, you do have to pursue becoming the wise person through receiving what is given and not becoming the foolish person who refuses what is given. So to our teachers, I would say our job as Bible teachers, our job as disciplers, our job as teachers in the classroom is to give knowledge and discretion and prudence and information. The first category is to the simple, to the simple. Those who could be easily deceived. So in my mind, I think back to me as an older brother uh, being uh, somewhat sinful and and foolish and trying to deceive my younger brother. Now he's six and a half years younger than I was And so you you do these silly things like you know chocolate milk comes from brown cows and you talk them into believing that chocolate milk comes from brown cows and and it kind of makes sense to some people and so they believe that and they begin to think that. Or one of the things I told my brother we're flying on an airplane and you see the lights out on the wings is I told him there were flashlights duct taped to the wings so we could see where we were going. Uh, Any goofy thing that somebody would tell you and perhaps you know in your mind, I'm that gullible person. Somebody can deceive me, they can fool me, they can trick me, they can feel like that. Well, what the text is saying to us is in living life, in having a plan, in understanding we're not to be simple, we are to be those that don't play checkers, we play chess. If you play checkers, it's usually one move, two moves ahead. If you play chess and you're any good at it, you better be at least three moves ahead looking all over the board is what's gonna happen. We understand as followers of Christ that we are not just living life for fun. We're not amusing ourselves to death, but we are living life and that this is a spiritual cosmic battle between good and evil, between God and the devil, and we understand there are temptations. We understand our flesh. We are not those who are simple so that when temptation comes our way, we understand that as temptation, The word has shown us this. We understand that our nature is to give in to temptation. So the word has taught us about how we need to have these quiet times. We need to read the Bible We need to refocus our heart. We do not need to be conformed to this world. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. As a wise person, no longer a simple person, I dig into the word, I meditate on the word, I memorize the word, I take my theology classes seriously so I can defend my biblical worldview. I make sure that I'm watching my own life with great caution and great detail to pursue instruction, to pursue wisdom, to look and listen to the Holy Spirit's conviction so that I'm not the simple person just being deceived, moving through life. I wanna be the wise person. I wanna be the person who understands, God, what are you up to? God, how can I do better? God, how can I resist temptation more? How can I put good things in my life that will allow me to live for you? To give prudence to the simple. All right, let's clear that out and let's look at the next category. The next category here is to the youth. What are we gonna give to the youth? It says knowledge and discretion. So category number two, we have number one up there, we've got number two here, is to the youth. When we look at to the youth, we wanna give knowledge and discretion. All right, let me flip here and get on the right page of my notes. I think I just got started there and forgot all about where I was. All right, discretion describes wisdom's ability to protect its possessor from the harm brought on by foolishly proceeding with an ill-advised plan. So discretion is the ability to have a plan of action and work it to its end. That's what we want. The term youth, if you're saying, I'm not a youth anymore, I'm a college student. Well, that is used for anybody from infancy to young adulthood. So you you kinda still wanna be in that youth category. Some of us would really like to be considered in that youth category, but we have probably moved past this. So what it's saying to us here is we need to have knowledge and understanding and discretion. We need to have a plan for life. So application point, what's your plan for life? What's your plan for living out? What's your Bible reading plan? What's your scripture memorization plan? What's your plan to make sure you're walking with God? What's your plan for your life? Your plan can't be your gamer tag or how good you are at Halo or Call of Duty or Overwatch or whatever all the games are, Fortnite or whatever it is that you may be playing. That's not a plan. Your plan needs to be what am I gonna do with my life? I'm not gonna waste my life. I'm gonna pursue godliness with my God-given talents and my God-given passions to develop those and use them for God's glory throughout the rest of my life. What's your plan? That's the discretion that somebody who is young needs. You're developing that. Some of you already have it. Great job. Work the plan. Get the plan in place. Work the plan. Verse five. What he talks about here is let the wise hear. We see our third category in the wise. What do the wise do? The wise hear. Give us ears to hear. We've talked about that in the New Testament. Jesus comes back to that frequently. Those who have the ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, those who have that fertile soil, those hearts that are gonna produce fruit, the wise hear, and what happens when they hear the instruction? What happens when they read the instruction? It says they increase in learning. So the wise person is listening. The wise person is hearing. The wise person is increasing the storehouse of knowledge. So I study the scripture. The scripture doesn't always immediately apply to my life, but as I read through the Psalms and I read through some of those Psalms that talk about the deep times, then when I'm going through deep waters, those Psalms come back to memory. As I memorize scripture and I'm dealing with a temptation or maybe I'm dealing with a conversation with a friend, the Holy Spirit brings back up that scripture at the appropriate time so that I can communicate to others or so that I can be nourished myself. In times of deep heartache, the scripture comforts us. In times of temptation, the scripture holds us fast. In times where we're wondering what in the world is going on in our world, the scripture teaches us that God is faithful and that we can trust him. The scripture teaches us that God is in control even when we have no clue what's happening. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know who holds the future. I know who does know what's gonna happen. So my faith and my trust is in the one who controls it all, And as I put my faith and my trust in the one controlling it all, and I grow deeper in my relationship with him, then the things of the world, all of the the noise, all of the white noise, all, all of the chaos, all of the waves that are around us don't bother us because we are in the firm ship of Jesus in the midst of the waves and he's got it covered. At any moment, he can speak out to these waves, peace be still. So if you're listening this morning and you're thinking, boy, my heart's anxious, I just don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm right there with you but Jesus knows everything. So my heart can be still and calm and I can have joy in all the things that I'm able to do today because Jesus is my peace. Jesus is my joy. And when I know him, all of this other stuff, it's okay. I'm not living for today. I'm not living for this life. I'm not living for all these things. I'm living for Jesus. I'm living for eternity. And so the wise They're gonna take all this biblical knowledge. They're gonna take this biblical worldview. They're gonna store it up. They're gonna have it in their minds. They're gonna have it understood and and accepted in their hearts and all of our feelings and all of our emotions. So when that anxiousness wells up, we talk to God about it, we're okay. We're wondering about the future. Talk to God about it. Remember what scriptures told us, we're okay. So I wanna say to you, let's be wise. Let's hear, let's listen. Let's build up. Those knowledge. So you, you think about building up and storing up for something that's going to happen in the future. If you're wise, you do this with your finances. I know a lot of you are college students, but you you want to invest quickly. Uh, You want to make sure that you invest early for retirement. Uh, Compounding interest is your friend. You'll learn all about that. Somebody else will tell you more about that. Uh, The thing that comes to my mind is in the South when it snows. Now you don't you don't do this in the Midwest or the North. But in the South, when it snows, and by the way, in the South, a snow is defined as one flurry that is visible falling from the sky to the earth. It doesn't have to stick, it just has to fall. That's a snow. In the South, when it's gonna snow a couple of inches, everybody goes to the grocery store to stock up. There's a run on all of the groceries and everybody buys milk and bread even if they're lactose intolerant and have gluten issues. It's just what we do in the South. And everything shuts down in the South because there are no plows and there's no sand and there's no salt and there's no any of the type stuff you need to deal with it. So you just shut down, it doesn't happen very often. So you store up all the stuff in your house and you ride out the storm. There's a different storing up that I've noticed here. You drive down the road, you see these big mounds of salt and other treatment that goes on the roads. They have stored up in the summertime for all the snow that's gonna happen in the winter and nobody even bats an eye. They just throw it all out and off we go to work and we continue life as usual. You're gonna store up something. Are you gonna store up good information or bad information? Are you gonna store up things that will encourage you in times of trouble or things that will distract you and lead you down roads that are dark and not good for you? store up wisely, increase in learning. This is the one, the one, the wise, who understands and who obtains guidance. This is the wise person that obtains the guidance. Uh, Built off of this idea of guidance is is the idea of a rope in a sailing vessel. The steering of the course by directing the sail or the rudder. You want guidance in your life so that you'll live and go the exact right way that you should go. So let me ask you a question here what is your guidance? Is your guidance Instagram? Is your guidance, parents if you happen to be watching, Facebook or Twitter, Lord please know. Don't look to social media for your guidance. Look to the word of God. We, we don't even look to the news frequently for our guidance. Because the news channels sometimes have these agendas and and they're they're doing these different things and culture changes and it shifts. But the word of God, even though we as flowers may bloom and then fade away, the word of God's gonna stand forever. So if I want something to guide me in my life, to guide me in my decision-making, I'm not looking to other people on this earth, I'm looking to the word of God. I'll listen to preachers, I'll listen to teachers, but I check them by the word of God. So let me say to you, if you're looking to obtain guidance, do so through the word of God and nothing else. Verse six, it says then to understand, and we get several different words here for what's gonna happen all throughout Proverbs. Look at what he says. We wanna understand what? A proverb. It's called the book of Proverbs. A saying, there are gonna be sayings in the book of Proverbs. The words of the wise, Solomon, wisest man who ever lived, wrote a majority of the Proverbs. These are the words of the wise. And they're riddles. There are some things in here that are difficult to understand as well. And so the wise person is going to hear, is going to increase, going to understand, going to obtain guidance, going to dig deep to understanding what's in the book of Proverbs. A proverb, a saying, words of the wise and their riddles. So this is what they're going to understand, four different words there. We move to the final verse here, the beginning of knowledge. So where do you start? I want to be wiser. I want to be more like God wants me to be. Where does it begin? It's going to begin with the fear of the Lord. So... Let's mark this here. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What does fear of the Lord mean? Sometimes that fear of the Lord, we look at that verse and we think, does that mean I'm afraid of God? And I would say to you, no, that means you have a reverential awe. When you revere something, you respect it. Um, in, the, in the case of God, and it's using the personal noun here, personal word Yahweh, in the case of God, we have this this worshipful attitude towards God. We have this humility in and of ourselves that I'm not worthy to stand before the King. I need the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross to cover me. And so in my life, that humility that I need to have when I worship the King, that every time I encounter God and King Jesus. I have this reverence of them. I have this respect of them. I am in awe of them. They are perfect and they are holy and they're the one true God. And I am a sinful servant who is unworthy to be in the presence of the King. A reverential awe that has a fear, that is a healthy fear, that still means I can come to God as my Abba Father and ask for help and plead for help because I know God loves me. And yet I know if I disobey and rebel against God, he has the power that he could squash me. I'm nothing in comparison to God Almighty. And so I love him, he loves me, and yet there's a respect and an awe that takes place. This fear of the Lord will help us pursue Christ to dig into the word, to love God more, and it will help us resist sin, to flee from the passions of this world, to flee from the devil. And that's the beginning of wisdom. So you say, I'm all trapped in all this mess and sin. You don't fear God enough. I'm all caught into this stuff. You love your sin more than you love your God. How do I get out of that? The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. How do I know about the Lord? He's revealed himself to us in all of his majesty, in his word. So read his word, meditate on his word, dig into his word. I start getting anxious, dig into the word. I start getting depressed or feel fearful, dig into the word. We wanna make sure whatever emotions we're feeling in this life, we lean into the word of God. That's where you need to come back to so that you have that root in and of yourselves. Now here's the caution. The caution is that the fool despises wisdom and instruction. I don't like wisdom. I don't like instruction. The Bible says here what you are. We don't want to be the fool. We do not want to be this fourth category here. It's okay to be the simple, become wise. It's okay to be young, everybody is at one point in time, learn knowledge and discretion. We want to be the wise here. That's who we want to be right here. Number four, don't be the fool. Don't despise wisdom. Don't look at the word of God and say, no, I don't need you. I got this covered The fool in Proverbs recurs over and over. There's about three different words that are utilized for fool. And this particular one, it's utilized 19 times. It suggests, and I'm quoting here, stupidity and stubbornness. This term, if anything, is darker than some of the other words. This is an arrogant and flippant mentality that is dull to the things of the Lord. It's coarse and it's hardened in its ways. It's impatient of all advice. It's flippant in its outlook. The fool makes a mock at sin. We do not want to be that person. Here's a quote I have for you. Let me flip to a couple of different slides. The simple and young must determine to become wise or by default, they will become fools. Oswald Chambers said of this, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. When I fear God, I know that my savior has me and he keeps me and he holds me. I don't have to fear anything else. I don't have to fear what's gonna happen in this life. I don't have to fear what's gonna happen next week. I don't have to fear COVID. I don't have to fear judges or politicians. I don't have to fear culture because I fear God and God holds my future. I am safest when I am in the middle of the will of God for my life. God has already numbered my days. He knows what they are. We can take confidence and assurance in that. When I do not fear God, I fear every little thing that happens. So if you're fearful this morning, lean into the fear of the Lord. Fear only the one that matters and look to wisdom. Now, here's an application for you. Main idea, to know wisdom. Our goal, to cultivate wisdom skillfully, displaying God's character in the daily decisions of daily life. So here's my application for you. What I want you to do. I want you to start reading Proverbs. A chapter a day, beginning tomorrow, you'll be done by the end of September. Maybe you have a Bible reading plan that's great. During this season, I would say add to it. Add a chapter to it. Read through Proverbs. Read chapter one today or tomorrow, and in a chapter a day, all the way through, you'll be done by the end of September, and we will all read through this together. Understanding wisdom, knowledge, and insight. If you're fear, fearful, lean into the words of Scripture. Because God tells us, do not fear. He is in control. If you're anxious, lean into the words of scripture. Do not be anxious for anything, but through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God and the peace that passes all understanding will calm your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We can't add a cubit to our life. We can't add anything to our day. So why in the world should we be fearful? I want you to begin every day with the bean. Here's my cup of coffee and the book. No Bible, no breakfast. Get in the Word, stay in the Word, and God will get us through these times. This was longer than it was supposed to be, but it's a good text. So there's your daily devotion for chapel today. Let me close this in prayer. God, you are good. You are righteous. You are holy. You are worthy. We thank you and praise you and serve you. Would you help us today to live in a way that honors you? Uh, Lord, would you calm fears? Would you heal those who are sick? Would you help those to recover? Lord, would you help us to glorify you and praise you and serve you well on this campus? Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us today.